acceptance in his house. If a thief gets caught, he's got to give it all back. He's got to empty his house. Now, my mind went immediately to David at Ziklag when he went down and he captured the what was lost in his house, but he didn't just capture what was lost in his house. He captured what was lost in every other person that was stolen from. He brought that back and he gave it back to him. So let me say to you tonight, I believe the Lord is up to something. He brings us reconciliation. He brings us restor restoration. But I believe the Lord is going to bring restitution for the things that you have lost. Some of you have lost things of late. You've lost days and hours and moments and minutes. If you have lost too much of your joy, and I believe the Lord is going to put back all that has been stolen, and I believe we can go to the Lord right now and petition him and believe him and just praise him for what he's already done. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Lord, today. You are our Dahavid. You are our beloved. You are the one in whom the Father is pleased and Lord when you went to Calvary Lord God Lord you did so to re reconcile us to yourself to restore Lord God us to a relationship but Lord I believe that you've given us an inheritance beyond our imagination and Lord I pray that there would be a release of that imagination of that inheritance right now that we may receive Lord God restore Restore that one tonight. Father, that is desperate in darkness, Lord, let that light shine. Lord, give them back the years that the canker worm has eaten and the locust has devoured. Give them back the decades, Lord God, that they feel they have lost. Lord, we thank you tonight for your mercy and your grace. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. God bless you. You could be seated tonight. You can be seated tonight. Let's give it up for our worship team, our media team tonight. Great job, great job. You know, there's times in life where God just gives you the greatest treasures that I believe we can have on earth, and that is relationships. And the Lord allowed Andrew and I and Pastor Dean, Pastor Patty's passed across in a, in a meeting down in Corpus Christi, and it was almost, it was instantaneous not because his name is love but you know it was there it was the the love connection you know what i'm saying i'm not being creepy come on now i'm just saying it was like brother and sister that we've always known it just had that that that, that instant connection and i couldn't wait to get him up here i get them up here to to allow him to minister in this house I know he's come with a word from the Lord, but would you welcome all the way from Columbia, not the country, Columbia, Louisiana, tonight, uh, Pastor Evangelist Dean Love, come. Thank you. Wow. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord, amen? Man. Wow, some lighting. Can y'all see all right? <laughs> I know it can be a glare sometimes. I almost didn't accept this invitation. Not because I don't love him. It's because I'm intimidated by his hair. 
I'm telling you, I had to pray all weekend fast. I didn't have Harry envy. <laughs> uh, he's so right. My wife and I uh, fell in love with them. They're just easy people to love. If you love your pastors, can you give it up right now? I'm talking about a dynamic duo. Uh, it's, it's unusual, it's uncommon, uh, amen, to have so, two such powerful, powerful ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, I'm excited about what uh, is going on here at Crossroads. Uh, literally, without exaggeration, I told my wife all week, Pastor Mike, that there was such an excitement and anticipation to get here for this revival. Uh, and, it, and, and, and I believe it's because the ground has been prepared I believe the environment is right, so I came expecting a move of God. How about you guys? Are you expecting anything? Well, expectation is the key. Praise God. Well, it's actually not common for us to preach three or four services in a row anymore. So I think it's going to be a good three or four days. I told my wife, I'm not really used to preaching twice on Sunday. You know, much less two times before that uh but i know we got the real prayer warriors out on a friday night you that love jesus so we're just going to have a good time amen grab your bibles i want to deal with a subject that i'm calling tonight the year of discovery 2022 the year of discovery John chapter number 8, verse number 31. Uh, I understand we have a translator that I, they said I may have to slow down. All I can say is good luck. <laughs> good luck. Uh, John 8, 31, 32, familiar passage of scriptures. says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Uh, I sat under some of the most phenomenal teaching that you're ever going to hear anywhere with, with these guys down in Corpus. And uh, even pulled him up online and listened. And it didn't take me long to know you're a word church. You love the word of God. You're taught the word of God in a way that uh, you just don't know how blessed you are. So we're going to work the word tonight. And, we, and, and I feel like we might speak prophetically just a little bit tonight rather than just preach. We'll see. Verse number 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Isn't that a powerful scripture? Now, I'm not going to teach it or preach it tonight, but I just think it's really interesting to drop this nugget right here. He said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the word uh, know, of course, we understand means to become aware of or to know or to discover. 
But there is a word that I never hear used that really, really brings this scripture alive. Uh, and when you look it up in the Greek, the, the first word, the first definition for the word no in Greek is allow. Yeah, that, that really takes it to another dimension. It's allow or permit or give authority to authority to to approve or endorse so to endorse or to approve means to partner with hence every the scripture saying every truth you partner with by discovery is then released and allowed given permission to make you free from a lie amen we're going to try to teach something tonight i said every Every truth you partner with through discovery, you actually allow that truth to set you free. So not every truth you hear will set you free. Can I get a witness? Amen. Every truth you hear don't set you free. It's every truth you partner with that you actually allow that truth to exercise the power and the dominion in your life. Amen. That's not in the message, but I thought it was great. Second uh, Timothy 1 and 12 says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. I need to stop right there and bring it to your attention. You can believe in a God that you don't really know. I mean, is it in my text or not? I, I, I know whom I have believed. And because of that, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. In the last quarter of last year, God spoke to me and said that 2022 it's going to be a year of divine download. A divine download of the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of Christ that is beyond normal. Amen. I can tell that I'm, I'm, I'm really not giving you anything new. Y'all have done been prepped. 2022 is a year of a download of the spirit of revelation and a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ more than we've ever had before. And that stood out to me, and I found out that the Hebrew alphabet has 22, 22 letters, 22 consonants, and all 22 letters compose of the entire Word of God. And the Bible says the Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Can I get a witness? So 22 is the sum total of light, illumination, and revelation. And 2022, God has designed and desired for it to be a year of the discovery of God like we have never known before. Somebody say hallelujah. 
So 2022 is a divine inflection point. It's a turning point by way of a greater revelation of Jesus Christ. 2022 is going to be a year of the veil being removed from our eyes so that there will be a greater disclosure of Jesus Christ himself. In other words, God said this is the year that Jesus is asking his church again, who do you say I am? Who do you say am I, that I am? The Bible says in the book of Matthew that all the Pharisees were gathered together and Jesus asked them and said, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? And the Pharisees answered and said, he is the son of David. If he would have asked, if he would have said, who do you say Jesus is, they would have been correct. He is the son of David. But he didn't ask them who Jesus was. He didn't ask them who, who Jesus was the son of. He asked them, what do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? So they didn't have a problem recognizing him in his natural identity, but they could not identify him in his spiritual identity. Are you okay tonight? Jesus' question was an opportunity for them to discover him like they had never discovered him before. When Jesus asks a question, it's never a question of inquisition for information, but it's an invitation for you to know him more. It's an opportunity for greater discovery. Amen? And, and to, to discover means to gain insight or knowledge of something. It means to discover. This is the year of discovery. And listen to me. Uh, with every greater discovery of God, you discover you. Oh, you got to hear me now. We're going to preach in a minute, but I need you to get to it. I said, with every discovery of God, it always translates in a greater discovery of you. If you don't believe me, just ask Simon when Jesus said, Simon, who do you say that I am? Jesus was leading Simon to a discovery of a rock that was inside of him by discovering who God was. Somebody shout, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Can I tell you, there is a stronger you that you have not discovered yet. Oh, I'm going to prophesy now. I said, there is a stronger you that you have not discovered yet. There's a more consistent you that you have not discovered yet. There's a wiser you that you have not discovered yet. There's a whole you that you have not discovered yet. There's a healed you that you have not discovered yet. There's a delivered you that you have not discovered yet. Amen. There's, there's, there, there's, there's a more secure you. I'm going to help somebody before I sit down. I said, there's a more secure you that you have not discovered yet. Amen. Uh, uh, just because you have not discovered it does not mean it does not exist. <laughs> 
Your victory already exists. Your healing already ex exists. Your deliverance already exists. Somebody help me. Your salvation already exists. Your financial blessing already exists. Amen. It's just concealed, waiting on you to discover it. <laughs> You're just one discovery away from your complete victory. My God. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the honor of kings to search out the matter. I like it in this translation. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory, but the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. I come to ask you tonight, where are the explorers? I said, where are the explorers? Amen. Amen. There is, new, there is revelation coming this year that's going to bring discovery in your life that is going to set you free. There was a woman bowed over with an issue of blood for 38 years until truth came to her church and said, woman, <laughs> woman, thou art loosed. And all of a sudden she received revelation that I am not bound but I am loosed and you'll know when you receive truth because you respond to truth and the Bible says she was healed my God are you okay tonight where are the explorers I begin to wonder how can you be filled with the Holy Ghost and not be an explorer because the Bible says the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. He is a searcher of deep things of God. God is about to stir up a hunger to know what we've never known before. Go where we've never been before. Do what we've never been, done before. God is about to stir up a hunger. But I'm afraid that in Christendom we're so inundated with so much information about God that it can produce a familiarity of God without a true discovery of who God is. My, are you hearing me now? And what I found out, Pastor, is too much information without divine revelation robs us of our fear of God. I said... Too much information without divine revelation diminishes the reverential awe of God. And as a result, the reverential awe of God has to be taught by the precepts of man. He said in the book of Isaiah, you draw near me with your mouth, but with your lips you do honor me, but you have removed your heart from me, and their fear towards me has been taught by the precepts of man. Uh, one man said, the church is far too familiar with a God that we barely know. I'm going to quote him again. Uh, he said, the church has become far too familiar with a God that we barely know. Could it be that one of the greatest benefits of the, of the first church was that they didn't have a Bible? I'm going to say that to this side. Amen. 
could it be that one of the greatest benefits of the new to, of the first church was that they didn't have a Bible so that every experience, amen, they only knew God by experience because they didn't have someone line upon line, precept to pro <laughs> Oh, I'm going to preach tonight if you'll help me, amen. Could it be, amen, I've come to the conclusion there is a great gulf between hearing truth and knowing truth. My God, you ought to say amen right there. I said there is a great gr uh, gulf between hearing truth and knowing truth. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you pour through the scriptures because in these scriptures you think you have eternal life and I'm standing right in front of you and you will not receive me. Amen. Have we been so inundated with truth? Amen. Uh, I was driving down here thinking about the dangers of familiarity. Can, can, I, can I just be real in this place? Amen. It's dangerous to go to a church like this. I said it's dangerous to go to a church like this because a church like this is always pouring out the word. They're always pouring out the word. Every time this man and woman gets in the pulpit, we're pouring out the word. Amen. Am I in the right church? I said we're pouring out the word. Amen. And it can be dangerous because, uh, amen, familiarity breeds contempt. And we'll get content with a lot of information uh, rather than desiring the revelation from that that's being poured into our spirit. And without revelation, we have information uh, Amen. But it will not provoke the fear and the honor and the respect and the reverential awe of an almighty God. God said this is going to be the year of discovery. I said there is a great gulf between truth heard and truth received. Truth flows out of this place. And based on the words of Jesus Christ himself, he'll say, you, he said, you'll know what level of truth you know as opposed to the truth you have heard by the level of freedom that you enjoy. Because according to Jesus, it's not the words that you hear but the truth you know that'll make you free. I know you've heard a lot of truth, but how much truth have you partnered with? I know you've heard a lot of truth, but how much truth, amen, have you truly discovered for yourself? Amen. And here's how you'll know that you have made that truth your own, because you become pregnant with its fulfillment. You're not just hearing these pastors pour out revelation anymore. You'll know when you have received truth because you become pregnant with its fulfillment. Amen. You'll never give birth to any truth you're not pregnant with. You can hear a lot of truth, but you'll never give birth to a truth, amen, that ain't started causing stretch marks in your spirit. <laughs> Come on, somebody help me. Amen. I said you'll never bring to fruition truth that hadn't changed your eating habits and sleeping habits. And all of a sudden, the truth you heard now has apprehended you, and it's changing everything about you. 
Oh, God, stir us up to want to discover the truths of an almighty God that begin to transform our lives. Amen. Another way you'll know that truth has penetrated into your spirit, amen, is that with it comes an inordinate level of confidence. There comes a persuasion with it that begins to move you. There comes a, 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 a persuasion that you're so convinced that you're no longer double-minded. Paul said, I know in whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Amen. Uh, my, uh, me and my wife love football. Anybody here love football? And for some reason, I watched a football game the other day that had already been played, and I already knew who won it. But I wanted to see the game. So I watched the game, but I already knew the outcome. And I found out that I watched that game from a different perspective than I normally would have watched the game. Because me and my wife get excited about football. <laughs> and when my quarterback ain't doing real good, I seem to get nervous. And when he throws an interception, I seem to get nervous. But what I found out when I watched the game and I already knew how the end was going to be, every time he messed up, I thought, don't worry about it. Oh, somebody, come on, help me out there. Amen. I, 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 I wasn't sitting on the edge of my seat. I wasn't screaming at my TV. I was not saying, oh, my God, come on, man, you got to get it together. Because even though he fumbled the football, I sat there in perfect peace because I knew everything was going to be all right. Because I knew the outcome. When he threw that interception, amen, usually I would have been erect, but I said, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. Paul said, I know in whom I believe, and I am persuaded. I come to ask you, I wonder how things would change if you really knew how it was going to turn out. I wonder how your prayer would change if you already knew it's going to work out for my good. I just wonder how worship would change if you entered into a worship service and you already knew this is going to turn for my good. I dare you high-five your neighbor right now and tell them it's going to turn. I said high-five your neighbor and tell them it's going to turn. It's going to turn. I've done Oh, my God, can y'all hear me out there today? Amen. Amen. Because you'll nothing double. You'll nothing. I said you'll know when you have received truth as opposed to just hearing truth. You'll know when truth becomes your own because you are fully persuaded. Come hell or high water, I'm coming out of this thing. No matter what happens, I'm coming out of this thing. Truth, God, somebody help me. Truth. Oh, my God, where's my translator? You all right back there? What if you knew? What if you knew? How, would, how different would things be if you were convinced? Come on, that's real. 
different. Oh, I believe. I believe. I believe. And I'm having nervous breakdown. I, I believe. And I'm scared slapped to death. Somebody, can I just be real? Oh, I believe living in fear. I believe and always got plan B. What if we just believed that greater is he that has hit me than he? I just wonder. I just wonder how things would change if you were convinced. <laughs> I told my wife, when we leave here this week, they're going to love us or hate us. I'll never leave you in the middle. <laughs> I'll never leave you in the middle. Are you listening to me? Amen. Paul said, I know, because of what I know about whom I believe, I'm afraid we believe in a God we have not discovered. And because of it, we live intimidated. We live in fear. We live in doubt. Come on, I hear, I, I see you out there. Amen. You'll know when you know. Boy, you ought to write that one down. <laughs> You'll know when you know. Because when you know, you get cocky. And you'll be standing out in the valley looking at a giant saying, Who do you who, <laughs> who do you think you are? To Is anybody with me? I'm gonna preach myself happy before I leave here. Who do you think you are to defy the armies of the living God? When you know you get cocky. I ain't got a better word. I'm from Louisiana. When you know you'll get cocky. When you know, amen, you'll shake your finger in the face of your giant and say, Who in the world do you think you are? I don't all of this armor. Give me a rock. Hey, my God, somebody help me. I, I don't need all of this armor. Give me a rock and a rag. Would you know? My God, you're not most, uh, you won't need props and you won't need crutches. You won't need anything to hold you up. Amen. When the enemy attacks you, you'll look around for a donkey jawbone and say, come on, just come on. I know how this turns. Pray for me, brother. I know how this turns out. <laughs> I believe we've heard more truth than we have received. It's dangerous being around you people. You feed people with a water hose. That's their problem. They feed you with a water hose. <laughs> There's a fine line between presenting truth and waterboarding. And they're waterboarders. They waterboarded. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. It's dangerous. You're the most privileged people on the planet. But you got to be careful that commonality don't breed contempt. I need you to tell your neighbor before I move on, I believe in crowd participation. Shake them real good and tell them you'll know when you know. 
That's the most profound thing I'm going to say all week. You'll know when you know because all of a sudden you're just convinced. Prayer is no longer rolling dice, hoping somebody help me. I'm just being real. I told you that's from Louisiana. Amen. I said prayer is no longer rolling dice. You are convinced, amen, that what you say will remove mountains. When you get to know, when you partner with truth, you release it. <laughs> My God, I don't know if he's a long-winded preacher or not. I, I don't know what to do here but preach. You'll know when you've discovered the truth you've been carrying. I said, you'll know when you really discover the truth you've heard. Because all of a sudden, it puts, you're just, you're just convinced this is going to work out. And then all of a sudden, I see how these, I, 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 I begin to understand the psyche of a woman laying her dead son in the bed of a prophet and coming out saying, everything's fine. I said, everything's fine. You'll know when you know because even, even the facts can't rob you of your faith. Oh, somebody ought to help me right there. I said, you'll know when you know, because even, even facts can't pull the persuasion out of you. Amen. And, and the husband's saying, is everything all right? And she's saying, everything's fine. The pastor asked her, is everything fine? All right. And she said, all is well. Is anybody, have I got any believers in this place? Is there any real believers in this place? Amen. I don't know what's going on in your life but when you get a revelation of him you'll be saying it's okay <laughs> everything's just fine everything's just fine it wasn't second quarter and I was already in peace had them feet kicked up in that recliner, looking between my toes at the screen, sipping a zero, Coke Zero. Amen. Are you listening to me? Uh, enjoying every minute of it. I come to help somebody tonight. Amen. To let you know the truth says, amen, that God's got you. The truth is, the real truth is, amen. It may not look good right now. It's simply because you hadn't discovered what you're about about to discover in 2022. My God, if you believe that, you ought to shout in this place. Just because you haven't discovered it don't mean it does not exist. I'd watch that game and, and my wife didn't. She didn't know I'd watched it. And we were watching the end of it and it, and it went into overtime. And she said, oh, my God, we're going to lose. I said, no, I said, mm -mm. 
No, we ain't. <laughs> you remember asking me that? I never did tell her the story. Amen. She said, oh, my God, that, 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 the, the enemy is going to win. <laughs> and I was sitting there saying, oh, no. They ain't but 38 seconds left. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but but when, when Mahomes gets that ball, <laughs> amen, when he gets that ball, amen, I done seen what he's going to do with it. I come down here to tell you I done seen what Jesus has done with your enemy. I done seen what Christ has done with the opposition in your life. Paul said, I know in whom I believe, and I am persuaded. Yeah, can you throw that up here? I am persuaded. Oh, I didn't catch that. That was self-defense. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to ask you how different would things be if you were convinced you win? My God. I don't know how to put it any more plainer than that. In spite of being down in the fourth quarter, amen. Some of you have been in this battle a long time, but let this Louisiana boy come and tell you today, amen. I done read the end of the book, and we win. That's worth shouting about. I know it's cliche, but it's worth shouting about. Amen. What if, what if, what if we knew he was going to show up? What if we just knew, standing in front of the fiery furnace, what if we just knew he's going to show up? What if we knew standing in front of the lion's den, he'll be here. He'll be here. I'm talking about what real faith looks like. Real faith is persuaded. It's totally convinced. We've taught faith looks like gambling. Maybe it will. Oh, my God, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I never was a gambler. <sighs> Uh, so, are you listening to me? And that's what our prayer life looks like. Hey, somebody help me right there. That's what prayer life looks like. Oh, I hope so. Amen. I hope so. Amen. You can tell if you're convinced by where you've laid your promise. Yes. You know more. There was a woman... That woman took that dead boy, went up to the prophet's room in the upper place, and laid him in the prophetic bed of promise, and came back down saying, everything's all right. I can tell she was convinced this ain't destiny. This is a lie. In fact, God, stay with me a few more minutes. This is a lie. And then I've seen in the New Testament 
Lazarus died. Jesus waited four days until he did die because he wanted to see God glorified. And he comes and he asked the family what I thought was a funny question. He said, where have you laid him? Well, where do you lay all dead folks? I believe it was a test of Christ was saying, I can tell by the worry by where you laid your miracle if you believe I'm the resurrection. Oh, somebody help me just a few more minutes. I can if you'll just show me where you laid him, I can tell you if you're convinced I am who you say I am. And the Bible says Jesus wept. I, I don't know. I'm sorry if I, I mess up theology here, but I have a hard time believing that Jesus was weeping because Lazarus was dead. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm saying he waited four days so he could die. And he knew when he got there, he was going to resurrect him. So to me, if he was crying over Lazarus, it was fake. He worked up a tear for somebody else. Amen. I don't believe Jesus was crying because Lazarus was dead. I believe he was weeping over the unbelief of those that he hung out with who knew him as the Son of Man but did not know him as the Son of God. Maybe we know. Oh, God, are y'all with me? Faith will manifest by where you lay your promise. Are you standing around the tomb of your promise, mourning what could have been and should have been? Or are you laying your promise in the prophetic bed of promise and declaring, I'm convinced everything's all right? Oh, stay with me a few more minutes. I'm convinced everything's going to be all right. My Bible says... Your Bible says in the book of Hosea, my, God says, my people are destroyed, not from the lack of finances, not from the lack of resources, not from the lack of strength, not from the lack of a lot of things. It says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. What's killing my people is what they don't know. What's killing my people is what they have not discovered. And what's amazing to me, I found out that this word that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, and the word destroyed literally means to be silent. So the scripture interpreted is actually, my people are silent because they don't know. And in their silence, 
they're being destroyed. Oh, my God, are y'all catching that? God is saying, my people are not responding to the lie because they don't know the truth. I didn't say you hadn't heard the truth. I just said we hadn't partnered with the truth. So my people are not responding to the lie because we're not convinced of the truth. My God, I can't teach it no more plainer than that. Are you with me? He said, they're standing there dumb, dumb, cannot speak and will not speak because they have not partnered with the truth. You'll know when you know the truth because you'll start refuting the lies. Oh, I'm going to say that again. You'll know when you know truth because you'll start rebuking the lies. Who, whatsoever you say, the Bible says, shall be done unto you. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it shall happen to him. He said, my people are being destroyed because what if they don't know? The, 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 the problem with it is we think we know what we don't know. Boy, it's getting deeper all the time, ain't it? We, this is what's killing us, sis. We think we know what we don't know. And, and pastor, we think we know it because we heard it. We heard it. And what I found out when you sit in the church week after week after week and get to hear a lot of truth that you never become pregnant with, all that truth becomes ammunition for the devil to use against you. Oh, I know that's deep, but I'll try to clear it up. I know that's kind of shady. Let me clean this up and I'm getting out of here. Amen. I said, when you're hearing more truth than you access, when you're hearing more truth than you process, when you hear more truth that you partner with, that truth becomes ammunition in the enemy's hand because then he uses it as instruments of condemnation. You should be doing better. Oh, my God. Amen. Your pastor taught it and preached it. Amen. And it should be working in your life. But because it's not working, the devil brings condemnation. I know you can't say nothing right now. Amen. But I'm telling you the truth. Amen. And it becomes condemnation instead of confidence building because we're not partnering with it. But when you begin to partner with the revelation coming out of this pulpit, it starts producing life in your life you shall know the truth and that truth you know will set you free so we literally are being held captive by lie because we don't know if we knew 
we would respond completely, totally different. There was a little servant boy hanging out with Elijah. And a king sent an entire army to take Elijah captive. And they came at night and they surrounded him. They had him totally surrounded and the little servant boy came out of his tent and he looked up and he saw that we are totally outnumbered. I can see him, Pastor, running in and waking up the man of God saying, you better get out of here. We got problems. <laughs> we are in serious trouble. <laughs> Amen. And I can just see that little servant boy standing there with fear and terror. Amen. And now he's expecting the man of God to respond with the same terror. So the little servant boy is looking at the man of God and he's looking at the heels. He's looking at the man of God, and he's looking at the opposition. But all of a sudden, instead of the man of God being filled with terror, there's a smile on his face. Amen. Had not he had a man of God to be able to show him the reality of the thing, they would have been, they would have been taken captive by lie. Oh, I'm going to try to help somebody right here. They could have been taken captive by a lie because it seemed like it was insurmountable. It seemed like it was impossible. It seemed like we were uh, outnumbered. But the prophet prayed one prayer. Father, open his eyes that he can see what he could not see before. Open his eyes. Come on, we finna, we, we finna pray. Open his eyes, and he will let him discover what he has not discovered before. Can I tell you things we have not discovered? All of a sudden, the Bible says his eyes were open, and he saw that the hills was full of help. I said the hills are full of help. Oh my God, somebody say it with me. The hills are full of help. <laughs> Amen. Don't you let a lie take you captive. Don't you let a lie hold you in fear and doubt and discouragement. Amen. This is the year of discovery and you're about to discover there's more with you than they are against you. <laughs> I said, you're about to discover it's not that you don't have the strength. You just don't know you got it. it, it it's, it's not that you don't have the help. It's just that we don't know we have it. It's amazing to me, Sister Pastor, that Gideon was hiding in the rocks. And he was scared to death. And an angel of the Lord showed up and said, Get up, you almighty man of valor. They was a mighty man of God in Gideon 
that he had not discovered yet. And what's amazing to me about that story is the angel didn't say, I'm going to give you strength to go. The angel said, go in your strength and save a nation. In other words, he just needed a revelation that everything he had, everything he needed was within him. I come to tell you, church, everything you need is in you. Everything you need, you have. And the only thing that's going to change it is a greater discovery of who God is. And when you do, all of a sudden you're going to be convinced we're going to win this thing. Stand with me all over this building. We're going to win this thing. The law of polarity says if ignorance makes us silent, then understanding makes us vocal. That's why the Bible says, that's why the Bible says we have the spirit of faith, therefore we speak. I want to ask you a question before we pray tonight. How would things change in your life if you were convinced? How would your disposition change if you were convinced? Paul and Silas was so convinced that God was going to bring them out of that inner prison that at the midnight hour, they begin to sing and praise God. You'll know when you're convinced because nothing will rob your worship. You'll worship him in the most inconvenient times when you... <laughs> Oh, listen to me just a few more minutes. Amen. Uh, you won't need a choir. You won't need a praise team. When you're convinced, you'll slip them hands in the air and you'll begin to give God the glory and the praise and the honor because you already know how this thing's going to turn out. It doesn't double. My God, you, 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 may not, you may be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not know how it's going to turn out, but you can say, either way, I win. Oh, somebody help me. Either way, our God is in control and we win. What if you were convinced? What if you were fully persuaded? I know in whom I believe. That one quote is wrecking my life for the last two months because it lets me know I can believe in a God that I really am not acquainted with and I can serve him and go to heaven but never step into the fullness of everything he has for me because I just have not discovered his greatness. God spoke to me, Pastor, and said, this is the year of discovery. And the more you discover God, the more you're going to discover you. The more, 
when you discover how strong he really is, you're going to realize how strong you really are. When you discover how capable he is, you're going to discover how capable you are. I want to open up these altars if it's okay with you right now, Pastor. For someone that will step out right now and say, I want to discover God this year like I have never known him before. I believe there's going to be an impartation for you tonight. I've been wrestling with a sermon all week that I was dying to preach tonight and I couldn't do it. So I'm going to preach it tomorrow night. Just so tonight, God could give you an opportunity to receive an impartation to discover God. Now listen to me. I know that this, this church is no stranger to altar services and prayer, but I need you to come with a whole new mindset tonight. I need you to come with a mindset that I may have heard more truth than I really know. I, I, I plead with you right now, let your prayer be, Father, I want to know the truth I've heard. I want to become pregnant with the truth I know that I've heard until it starts changing my life. My God, tonight I believe that can be impartation, Pastor Mike. Amen. The revelations that you two have dropped in spirits, I believe tonight can be germinated and begin to produce in your life like never before. And those things you were worried about and afraid about and have prayed about, I believe that with it is going to come a confidence. And your confidence is going to make you walk different. It'll make you talk different. It'll make you respond different. My God, I feel the anointing in this place for you. You're just going to know, my God, something's happened in me. I'm expecting to win. I'm expecting to win. Pastor, I don't know what y'all's. This is, I'm just going to make contact with you. And we're going to begin to pray for impartation in such a way. There is no way I'll teach you anything this week that this man of God has not taught you. But I believe through this week, things he's taught you is about to be quickened and bring a persuasion into your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just anoint my brother right now and pray for an impartation. A level of confidence like you have never had before. You're more secure than you think. You're stronger than you have discovered. I pray for this to be the year of discovery for you, my brother, in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. Father God, I just join together with her right now in the name of Jesus, and I pray over you. A spiritual persuasion that begins to change everything about you. Yes, Lord.
my Lord, I, I just need you to come expecting. I need you to come expecting. <laughs> Uh, that that seed is about to germinate in you and it's going to produce in you a level of confidence in the name of Jesus. My God, I done double. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. A confidence like you have never had before. Confidence like you have never had before. My God, oh, while we're in this altar service, let that be your prayer right now. Father, that I may discover you like never before, God. She'll begin to allow truth to, to liberate and set free. 